Welcome to Single Moms Unfolded. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Kelly Vieira. This is a podcast for single moms created by a single mom to help single moms. This is our safe space to love, to connect, and grow together. Okay. Welcome to Single Moms Unfolded. We're sharing our stories and strategies to help healing and heal and inspire single moms. Today, we are lucky enough to have Jamie Wild here. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for being here with us. So Jamie is a former single mom, author, entrepreneur, and just creative. So Jamie, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I'm just me, right? I'm a creative. I love to create things. I've been a writer since I was seven years old. I had my first published poem at six, um, 58 now. So that's many years of creating with words. I love story to understand the human condition. Um, I love people's stories best. Like I, I've written six books at this point, some, some short films, a longer documentary started and, and different things. But what really gets me excited is learning about people and our flaws and our journeys and, and humanity, our collective experience and our individual experiences and how they play into that. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we all have our own journey, right? So tell us, how did you know, when did you know you were going to be a single mom? Well, I, I don't think anybody sets out to, to do that. Well, maybe that's not true. You know, maybe they're, I don't really think I'm the authority on the subject. Maybe people do set out to do that on purpose. Some do. Some adults. Yeah. yeah. I did not. I was raised by a single parent and it was my fantasy in my head that I would have the perfect home with, you know, a most supportive partner. And um, that is not what happened. What happened to me (laughs) um, was I don't think I had worked out a lot of my childhood um, lessons that I had learned about what relationships were and found myself in a very abusive relationship. Well, not just one, but a series of such. And, um, I was in love and I think my ex-husband was in love, but we just did not have the tools. We weren't equipped. And then, you know, when we got married and had a child, I was like, okay, I, I cannot put my child in the face of this abuse um, where I was, I, I seemed to be okay to put myself in the face of that right. abuse at the time, but I, I could not do that. A protective nature um, right. stepped up and really said, okay, you need to make some changes now. You need to make changes. Yeah. So <laughs> it was an abusive relationship and you decided to get out and well, yes, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Um, 
Yeah, it, it was a restraining order and a police. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's what started the process. A lot of times um, in, in this particular case, I had come home with a new baby, my son, who's now 35, and I had had a C-section. So I had about 30 staples across my stomach. I was in a hospital for about four days came by myself, by the way, having, having this child. And I came home and he came in and picked me up by my pajamas, threw me up against the wall. And I had this image of my intestines all falling out on the ground oh, God. and like yeah. take care of my baby. Right. He then proceeded to break all the windows um, in my place where I was living. Um, I had no family around. Um, and so I had to call the police and file a restraining order and get out of town. And that's how it started out. <laughs> so it wasn't a moment. I guess that's the moment when I knew I was oh, going to be a single mom. But when you're in an abusive relationship like that, it's not so cut and dry because your picture, how am I going to do this on my own? right? How am I going to be out in the world on my own and make the money and take care of the child and not repeat some of the things that happened to me as a single child, as a single a child of a single parent, you know, how is that all going to work, right? So there's back and forth, back and forth. It's, not, it's, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle, but I think that moment was an indicator that- right yeah something needed to change um but it's a cycle it's very hard to get out of yeah and when you're in it you don't realize it's so bad until you step back and you're like wow that's not normal I, why did i deserve let myself be treated like that you know you well until something big happens i feel like sure, sure. yeah and like i said i think when your child comes along and you're i was my early 20s i'm in my late 50s now when I was in my early twenties, it was like, you, you just, you don't have that much life experience under your right. belt. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you just don't know, you know, how to, um, how to navigate that. And that there are more subtle forms of abuse that are people who have sort of early childhood of chaos, they have a kind of a magnet. And if they haven't worked through those things, right. And how are you going to have worked through those things in your early twenties, or at least, you know, nobody teaches right. you. Um, they're more subtle forms of abuse. That was an obvious form of abuse. <laughs> yeah. 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 Physically throw me against the wall. That was not the first physical abuse that had happened. And that's the, not the last physical abuse that happened with that person um, with a series of relationships. So, you know, that was right. just. Mm -hmm. So you got out and you had to start all over from scratch by yourself. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I was in. Los Angeles um, without any family. No family would come down to, like, yeah, I, I met my ex-husband at UCLA because I left a small town to go to UCLA. And um, 
I got locked in, like I couldn't leave. Like legally, once you are in an area and you have a child, you can't go back to another area. Right. So that was the issue. And nobody I knew was going to come down, you know, that was related to me is going to come down and help me in Los Angeles. They wouldn't even take me to college. So So what are some of the biggest struggles, like in the very beginning, what are some like the biggest struggles you had to deal with? The list, right? It's the yeah, list. And- it's like, how are, how am I going to do all of this? How am I going to, I'm educated and I have, you know, a good job, but how am I going to, who's going to take care of my child? You know, if people, I, I, when I was struggling with all of this, I was thinking the world must not really understand what single moms are up against. And when I say single moms, I mean, single moms without a support network, network, they can't take their kid to their mom who's going to take care of the mom all day for free. I mean, the child all day for free, right? They have to find daycare. They have to find schools. They have to get that child to school on the, the hardest thing for me was getting my son to school on time. And, and it was the single parents pulling in at the last minute because you have to do everything. You know, you're packing the lunch, you're feeding the child, you're making sure they're happy. You're, you know, making sure they're not sick. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and God forbid they're sick because then you have to deal with that. So it's just the list of all of these things. Meanwhile, for me, I was navigating um, a really violent ex-husband, you know, and, um, restraining orders and, you know, all, all of that, that's just like back here in the background. Right. And then you're trying to have somewhat of a normal life. Right. 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 No, that's not going to happen. So it must seem scary because you're trying to keep your son oh safe and go to work and daycare. And then you worry about what could happen when he's at daycare and oh, totally. that, that's when you feel unsafe I feel like that's the worst if you feel unsafe it just holds on to you everything you're doing is like looking behind you you yeah that takes a lot yeah that is really really true um really true it's why I'm sitting here talking to you so many years later because I feel like um, it's an important story to share. I we really, as a collective humanity, need to be sensitive to other human beings that are in the scenario, whatever gender, right? Single parents who are up against this sort of dynamic. It's a lot of stress. And where people would come in and help me, um, I remember I lived in Redondo Beach at the time. Um, as my, well, there were, there were seven years of this before, um, I was in, you know, a partnership. Right. So when I was in Redondo beach, I was like, well, I have this great job, which I hated, but it was, it paid well. And, you know, but I need to figure out how to get my child from school over here, here where we live to home. So the police department, had come over and talked to me about like, well, we'll help make sure that your child can get from point A to point B 
you know, and like nothing happened. Like you depend on that, right? right. You depend on that situation um, from anybody who is, who is willing to help you that, and, right? Like neighbors, whatever. So just, I guess, if you see someone in that situation, just being willing to take the child from school to, you know, take care of them. Yeah, for, if we yeah. could all chip in and help each other, be a lot easier world than being like, oh, look at Sally's late today. You know, hey, what do you need some help? Can I pick your kid up and bring them, right. you know? Yeah, I right. feel like that's really, really, we could all step in and help each other. Which is so, really the key, Kelly. It's like that eventually, um, and maybe you're going to ask this, but this the eventually teaming up with other single moms was the saving grace. You know, that that was the biggest thing for me, finding other single parents. Um, we actually, a couple of my, they're still my friends today. We moved into the same apartment building. So we could, you know, switch off, one night, and these are great memories for me, actually, that we would all bring the kids over, we'd throw them all, there were four of them, throw them all in the tub, you know, to clean them up, and I was always the one, being the elementary school teacher, I am, right, always the one, like, we're going to carve pumpkins, I get all this stuff out, I'm going to, and they'd sit and smoke and, you know, drink wine, and, but, (laughs) But they had you to, you know, the directive activities. I'm down on the floor with the kids. Um, Yeah, but it was really a sense of community, which was a lot of people find this in their various institutions, right? Their churches, their, you know, other places. But for us, it was really, we built that and we helped each other, you know, um, emotionally, physically with the actual needs because nobody really understands except for other single parents how how tough this is they never those two um are still single parents to this day of grown children um so wow so that that's good let's back up it's like that's one of the big things when you become a single parent you feel so alone like nobody gets it so how are you able to go out and meet these other single moms i mean a lot of people are nervous they say i have no friends i have no family and they're scared to like take that step and be like Hey, yeah. how are you? I'm Kelly or, you know, I'm Jamie. Yeah. Nice to meet yeah. you. How did you do that? Because people are scared of that. Uh, yeah. And I'm an introvert. Nobody really understands this about me, but I am very, um, you know, I was in marketing jobs for the longest time where I go into crowds and have to meet people. So I know how to do that, but I'm not super comfortable in doing that. I will never go like, comfortably into a fundraiser or a party and just start chatting everybody up. I get very drained by that. I'm an empath. Right. So I, for me, it was like, I wasn't going to be able to do that. Right. So one day the way it happened with my, my first friend and she introduced me to the other one, um, I was doing laundry and I didn't have a washer or dryer yet because I couldn't afford it. And, and so I was still like dragging all my laundry to the laundry mat. And I had done that with my child strapped to my thing. Yeah. I remember my first, my first washer and dryer. I was so happy. I just sat there and looked at them, you know, it was like, like a <laughs> washer and dryer I'm like this is the best thing ever so anyway I had just piles of laundry on my apartment floor and this knock on the door 
and um she lived in the upstairs of this apartment building that I had just moved into she comes down she goes hi my name is Tammy I just wanted to come introduce <laughs> she's stepping over my let her in just stepping over my laundry piles you know that's how I met her um and then um and we moved from that apartment building to another apartment building with her and the the other my other friend and yeah so oh, that's, that's awesome. how I met her. she came into my house literally and so she uh, came to you that's yeah, great yeah I, I don't know my life is charmed this way so I'm grateful Good. for that but the people who I need step in I mean I have to go through this torturous experience and then <laughs> step in right the universe is working with you right right that's yeah. awesome yeah awesome so out of all this what is the most important thing that you learn from you know what is like the most important thing that you could uh, share from, with single from mom being a single parent from being single parent and doing it all solo resourcefulness i mean we called it mock one you know um boomers right so Mach one, you remember the car that you probably, I don't yes, know. Yes, yes. No, no. I love yeah. Mustangs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, and I had a 64 Mustang, and, you know, when I was in high school, well, actually, I had a Galaxy 500, but I drove my mom's 64 Mustang, just to be clear. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, um, so we called it Mach 1 because we were always just, you know, the motor was always running because you couldn't take a break. We were yeah. always looking for, you know, efficiency tablets to this day, my oldest child won't eat leftovers. And I, last time I saw him, I apologized. I said, I probably gave you too many leftovers because I would prepare, you know, you're like always looking up tips for meal preparation and I'll prepare everything on Sunday. So I have time to feed you during. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> won't eat leftovers. Um, yeah, so I, I think it is just the efficiency, the um, I can get a lot done and right. resilience. I know that I think at PTSD or whatever, still to this day, I'm like, I got to get the list done, got to get the list done, got to get the list oh, done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, how am I going to survive and be the best parent I can be and and do all that? right yeah. i don't have to get the list done anymore but i have a lot of um um time management skills i guess that came <laughs> yeah in, right and resilience and empathy honestly right and compassion i live in an area where there's a lot of young moms and um i have a lot of empathy and compassion about how that that feels you know how that feels and what life could look like yeah 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 <clears throat> so that that kind of leads us into the the question what would you tell your younger self going back what would you tell your younger self well this is a metaphysical answer for me because i feel like you know one of the things i do i have a lot of these <laughs> side hustles that i'm interested in and one of the things is i'm a past life um, future life progression therapist so i've seen just in my own um leading people through these different lives and the in-between lives uh, how important it is for us to go through all these things right 
So I, I mentor a lot of younger kids, especially, you know, uh, transitional youth because I write YA. So it's like 14 to 24. And I say, just know this, it gets better. Okay. It gets better. (laughs) Just go forward and, you know, don't kill yourself because a lot of them are suicidal it gets better. So that's kind of, I think, you know, I, I would say, but I wouldn't really want to take any other experience and shift it, right? Okay. Or give lessons other than to just let myself know that I was loved. I didn't really feel like I was loved. And so you're when you don't feel like you're loved, you're you're doing dysfunctional things, right? You're in in dysfunctional relationships. You're looking for, you know, that love, right? You're looking for other places and it's unhealthy, yeah. Yeah, so just that you're loved. But having said that, I also recognize that when you come into this lifetime, you have your soul growth that you, you need to go through, right? And only certain experiences can achieve certain results in that soul growth. So it's better that I didn't know that, like on a conscious level, right? And would I change it? Probably not. I mean, it's just like you just go through and you you gain these 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 tools and I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. You gain all this yeah. experience and tools. Like mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't look at a single mom at the park now or a young mom at the park and have the same empathy you would if you didn't go through that. You'd be like, oh yeah. You know, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't have that connection with them. You wouldn't be able to feel what you're able to feel now. That's right. And exactly, you know, what I'm um, really excited about right now is um, I'm doing this retreat in May um, for writers who are also empaths, but I want to take that to all the domestic violence shelters, because when you are in the domestic violence shelter, you are broken down you have been broken by uh, a force and it's really hard to bounce bounce out of that. It doesn't matter what economic level, what demographic, you are just broken. And I really think that beneath that feeling is a power and um, a creativity and a gift that you can bring with your voice, with your words to many others. And so I, that, you know, I wouldn't have a passion probably for that had I not gone through it, right? In a minute. And I think writing is so powerful too. I know when I was healing, going through my mess, I would write all the time and I would just journal and journal. I have page and page stuff I couldn't even read, but I had to get it all out. I just felt like, and then it's like, wow, you know, and now I'm a single mom coach. I'm helping single moms. It's like my mess kind of became my message. And if I didn't have to get divorced and go through that, I wouldn't even, I might have been working in the same crappy nine to five job I hated. That was just good for having a nice home and, you know, nice stuff. So Exactly. And writing is so, there's so many levels at which you can do it. So like the journaling is obviously one, one path. And that it is your own therapist, right? My first two YA novels were definitely therapy novels. <laughs> you know, it's like to and and that is important. Is just like cleaning your closet, right? Um, now you know, I have to stop you. What does YA mean? 
Oh, sorry, young adult. Okay, so young adult. The young adult genre. Um, a lot of my, I'm a hybrid writer. So I write for children, I write for adults. I've written, you know, hundreds of articles in magazines, newspapers, whatever, but also six books. Um, three education readers for the children's market and then two young adult novels um, one on a first psychotic break which is you know called first break and the second on um my serial killer babysitter <laughs> that's Seriously. great this was a real person but um when i was um 14 growing up in a small town in 78 he terrorized the town and so I I built and tried to pick me up on the last day of his final kill oh so my god I'm intimately involved in that story and in fact it's so fascinating to me how the storylines how my life and the storylines intertwine right and it was something I couldn't deal with for a long time when I was writing the first novel, First Break, I had a coffee shop when we first moved back here. I'm sitting in Starbucks and I'm starting to finish this up. And this guy and I became buddies. He turns up being the lead investigator on that case. Right. Wow. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, if I do not write intuition, it's never going to go away. <laughs> right. Right. So they were therapy novels, right? There are therapy novels. And um now I feel like I've gotten to the point where I, I don't need the therapy novels, but they were a very important piece of clearing out for this message that I feel is a, um, when I write now, um, we're getting ready to set out on a, a cross-country adventure over the next year, and I'm going to blog about it, um, connecting with humans live. I mean, not like, you know, <laughs> right, not through the camera. Yes. Real yeah. conversations. Yes. And sharing stories. I call it the connection because Kai is our dog and he's coming too. Um, but I, I really say what, when I blog or even when I write now, like what do people that are going to read this, whoever it is, one person or 10 people or, you know, however many people, what do they need to hear or to know right now. And that flows through me. And that is so, that couldn't have happened if I didn't do my clear out journal kind of novel, right? You know, the right, right. shit writing. Wow. Basically, clear, <laughs> clear right, out, so right? don't put you back in balance so you can just yeah. feel the flow and be creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's great. Oh. I mean, that's, it's so inspiring to be in that space and be able to share it's like single parenting, right? Like being able to share that journey to help someone else. That's why I'm here, you know? Like, right. You keep helping. Right, right. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jamie, for your time and for doing absolutely. this. Absolutely. I really, uh, if anybody wants to read any of your novels or anything, how do we get a hold of you? You can go to my website. It's um, jamiewild.net. J-A-M-I-E-W-E-I-L.net. Everything's there, including, you know, any of whatever I'm doing at the time. That's just kind of my home, home spot. Thank you for giving us your time today and listening in. Remember, you're smart, beautiful, and you got this. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more great tips for single moms.
Awesome. Thank oh, you yeah. very much. Okay, I'm yeah. going to stop recording. Let me find the button. Okay, that was great, Jamie. Thank that you. Helpful. I hope that was helpful. That was I great. Know. Yeah, That's it's, definitely. you know, I remember driving.